This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexandra Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco, and I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Together listeners, today we are talking about a topic that affects everybody because everybody sleeps unless you're a zombie, which that's, you know, we're this we're not doing a Last of Us podcast, <laughs> yeah. um, but there's, you know, so many reasons why it's hard to get a good night's sleep. Um, I mean, you talk about stress, maybe too much doom scrolling, too much caffeine, etc. But I think you might be surprised to know that the materials that your mattress is made out of could actually also be impacting the quality of your sleep too. So um, here on the podcast, I, I want to welcome Aaron Schultz, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Naturepedic. Um, we're going to talk all about this topic and much more. Welcome, Aaron. I wonder if you can just do a brief intro of yourself. Yeah, no, thank you for having me today. Really excited to be here and uh, educate um, you know, yeah, I'm the uh, sale or VP of sales and marketing here at Naturepedic, but it does go beyond that. I do uh, most of our, you know, educational webinars and podcasts. I'm uh, I've been here for nine years now, and I'm a huge proponent about what we do and healthy living. And I am a father of four, and uh, you know, trying to make the world a little bit better, a little bit safer. Absolutely, and you know, I think most of the time. Uh, a lot, you know, well, I would say quite a few people seem to have a, an epiphany around the time they start to have kids around thinking about materials and, you know, toxins and things in our environment. And one of the things that I've been totally thinking about that as well with my daughter, (laughs) I just had a daughter a year and a half ago. And for me, I've just been so surprised as I kind of dig into just like the things that we come in, uh, you come in contact to on a daily basis and really all the materials going into it. So recently, Naturepedic released a report called Detox Your Sleep. Um, And they had some experts do a deep dive into the toxic chemicals and mattresses that have been known to cause negative health effects. 
um, which, you know, could potentially limit the body's innate ability to preserve our health. So I'm curious to know a little bit more about this report, Erin. Maybe if you can kind of tell us a little bit about what um, sparked the impetus to make it and then maybe a little bit about the findings. Yeah. So, you know, we've been around for 20 years now and, and um, our company's owned by a board certified environmental engineer and he is huge on research, 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 research. And we wanted to provide the tools to, you know, parents, consumers of what you're really sleeping on. Um, it is uh, very eye opening, even for, you know, after this report was finished of what really is out there. And even though I've worked here for nine years um, and um you know, there's certain factors that, again, as a parent, you can't control what's going on outside of their environment, outside of your homes. But sure. there are things you can control in your home, things you can put around your children, yourself to make yourselves healthier and safer. And this is, you know, largely what this report does. It's not just about mattresses. It's teaching uh, consumers about all of these products and what effects they generally have on you as a, a person. Um, mm. It's it's a scary world out there. There are... Yeah. 85,000 chemicals in use in the United States right now, 85,000, um, only 20 of them are regulated and only five of them are banned. Oh, um, gosh. And even if something does happen to get close to getting banned or regulated, all they have to do is tweak that chemical a little bit, call it something different. And it's pretty much the same exact chemical and just gets put out into the marketplace again. Well, and that probably is what's leading to this 85,000 number that you're talking about. Like, I highly doubt there's 85,000 totally different chemicals. It's probably just a handful that have been tweaked, like you're mentioning. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's there's like a little bit here or there. But, you know, as far as science goes, yes, there's there's uh, probably it's probably more like half of that or less or a quarter of that. But, um, you know, I would say of those 85,000, there's probably, um, you know, 8,495 that'll do something to your body you don't want to be having done. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, listeners, one thing that's important to note is like chemicals aren't bad. All chemicals are not bad, right? Mm -hmm. they, they allow us to do many things um, in our daily lives. But we're talking specifically about unregulated materials that are, you know, potentially harmful to our health. And I think, you know, our government has done, you know, in my opinion, not a whole lot to regulate these, especially when we talk about like, you know, just a small handful. So I'm curious to know too, like, um, I know there's a statistic out there. I cannot think of it off the top of my head. So we'll have to maybe edit this back in. But isn't there a statistic you, sp you spend so much of your life asleep? I'm sure you know this one, Aaron. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, you spend a third of your life in bed. Ah, um, there we go. That's what yes. I was after. So yeah, you spend a third of your life in bed. And the fact that most of us don't understand like what we're actually laying our head on every day is kind of crazy. Like it, it, to me, it, it is it's a bit mind blowing. Um, And I think like I mentioned earlier, I had never really thought too much about it until number one, I had my daughter and we were looking for a crib mattress. Um, and I was shocked at the, you know, varying levels of crib mattresses, right? Like very affordable ones that potentially had things I wasn't sure what was going on in them all the way up to super expensive ones. Um, and of course, in the context of creating this podcast and creating Brightly, we've run into many eco-friendly mattress companies and embedding companies. So I think I'm sure I have more knowledge than, than the average person, but I still think that it's just a question that, that really we should probably dig into more. So let's maybe talk a little bit more about some of these specific materials um, in traditional mattresses and the issues with each of them. Um, maybe getting started with foam, because I feel like specifically polyurethane foam is something that is, you know, in most mattresses and it's, you know, it, it's just very prolific, right? 
Oh yeah. I mean, you know, from just from mattresses to your sofas, uh, it's a very uh, cheap and readily available uh, material that, that is, you know, uh, it's, it, it is comfortable. We won't take that away from it, but um, <laughs> there are, there are loads and loads of chemicals that go into the manufacturing process of polyurethane foam. Absolutely. And so, you know, typically, you know, polyurethane foam, um, you know, is, it's a petroleum product. It's derived from fossil fuels. So there's that. Um, but I think the unfortunate thing that, that we're finding is that oftentimes when this, is, this foam is created, there's just a bunch of other stuff in it. There's, you know, fillers, flame retardant chemicals, all sorts of stuff in there that obviously it's not regulated and we're not really sure what's going on. And so, you know, whether we're talking about a mattress or a play couch or a couch or anything like Aaron just mentioned, we're exposed to these. So maybe let's talk a little bit about like the, the flame retardant piece, because that's one that I hear a lot about. Um, you know, why, why do we have flame retardants added to our mattresses, first of all? And like, why, why is this bad? Well, I mean, the reason that they're added to the polyurethane foam is because to your point earlier about it being a fossil fuel, it is made out of crude oil and an average okay. size 20 or a queen size mattress, there's 20 to 25 gallons of crude oil that go into making that mattress. So as you can imagine, when you take such a flammable material, you have to add a lot of flame retardant chemicals to it to, you know, pass those flammability tests. But you know, what those chemicals are, are doing to us and the environment and everything else is we're just starting to discover of how harmful they can be to humans. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one, one thing that listeners, especially if you're, you're not from the era where this was a problem, right? Um, you know, the U.S. started doing flammability-based regulations um, a very long time ago um, just to cut down on nighttime accidents. Um, so we're talking about you know, mattresses, pajamas, et cetera. And there are a decent amount, shockingly amount of, uh, you know, regulations that are in place for this, this type of thing. And in my view, they're a little bit antiquated, I would suppose, like, what I, I would imagine they were started because people had mm -hmm. candles by their bed. I mean, why did they feel like everybody was, you know, in, at such risk? I don't know. Maybe, you know, a little bit more than me here. <laughs> well, you know, I, I implore uh, everyone to go and watch it. There is a YouTube video done by uh, UL Laboratories. It's on YouTube. And they took two bedrooms side by side or living room, sorry, one from I think it was pre 1950. Okay. Um, uh, Car or carpet, couch, drapes, all of that stuff. And mm. then they had a modern day living room and they lit a candle, put it on the couch and it ignited the couch and a pre, again, I'm not certain on the era, but I think it's pre 1950 era couch. You had over a half an hour to get outside of the, of, of that house before there was a flashover point. You could have made a sandwich, gotten pictures, taking a small cat nap. <laughs> yeah. But in that modern day, uh, modern day living room with that candle in the same size living room, there was a flashover point in less than three and a half minutes. And that's with all of those flame retardant chemicals in there. And you should see all of that black smoke billowing out of that living room. Um, unfortunately, most, um, you know, home fire related deaths are not caused by the fire itself is because of smoke inhalation from okay. those flame retardant chemicals. Okay. And so that, I mean, and that's fascinating. So, so you're saying, yeah, even though we've got all these flame retardants supposedly protecting us, they really are not doing what they're designed to do. And you're right that the smoke inhalation is, is really harmful to people and oftentimes can lead to death if you're, you know, in that situation. I'm curious, I, I suppose the reason why, um, in addition to, um, you know, 
I would say like the reason I'm going to just spitball here, but w would we say that that uh, the more historical living room had more natural type fi fibers that were maybe a little naturally a little bit more flame resistant? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, or organic cotton doesn't ignite. It just smolders. Same with wool. Um, you know, those, those materials, which are grandparents and even some of our parents were used to growing up with, you know, those weren't an issue. Those were natural materials. And that's what, thankfully, the, you know, industry, albeit furniture or mattresses or whatever else people are starting to get back into, you know, yeah. it was right off 67 years ago is actually the way things should be done. So. Oh gosh, I know. The more that we, you know, have these conversations around conscious consumerism and sustainability in general, the more I'm like, we all just need to go back to living like our grandparents or great grandparents did because <laughs> it's just really turning out to to seem like that. Um, you know, modern technology in in many ways has not really done us too many favors or the planet. So maybe we should just all uh, you know, go back to and, and live a simpler life. But actually I want to keep talking about these chemicals, but before Aaron and I started recording, we were talking a little bit about um, the Naturopedic Factory and how Aaron lives close by. And um, you mentioned that you're speaking of a simpler life, that the um, factory is, um, you know, has um, some involvement with the Amish community. I'm, I'm fascinated to hear more about this. Yeah, we're uh, we're located about a half an hour outside of Cleveland. Uh, we uh, about eighty percent of our workforce is Amish. Okay. So um, you know they they make a really great handcrafted product. Um, Amish in general, a lot of people don't know this. They live an organic lifestyle. They always have. Um, and it was really just it, we kind of found each other and worked hand in hand. And uh, you know we, this is the way it's been for twenty years now. And uh, we're very proud of that fact. And. We bring them in every day and, um, you know, they're, they're very good hard workers and they put out an amazing product for us. I had no idea that the Amish lived an organic lifestyle. So that's fascinating. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit more about the construction of the, you know, you know, mattresses and, and things of that nature. But, but I think before we get into there, we'll wrap up the conversation around some of these toxins. So we talked about flame retardants. Um, you know, additionally, we, you know, forgot to mention that, you know, scientific studies have linked flame retardants to health impacts like endocrine disruption, um, you know, lower IQ, hyperactivity, et cetera, et cetera. So the list goes on and on about like, you know, and even cancer, right? The list goes on about some of these negative impacts. But one of the other things that I wanted to talk about, because I hear um, it mentioned frequently, but oftentimes um, it, it becomes a, an acronym to most people is, is what we call VOCs or volatile, volatile organic chemicals. So tell us a little bit more about how those are involved in, in, in traditional mattresses. Yeah. I mean, just like the, um, uh, poly or the, um, flame retardant chemicals. I mean, all of these things, the, the VOCs, the, um, uh, chloride, the acetone, you know, all these things get put into the manufacturing process of polyurethane foam, which is the predominant uh, material in most uh, mattresses. So, you know, again, VOCs are found in your carpet, found in uh, hard, or in vinyl flooring. These all off-gas, these are all harmful. They've known to cause uh, eye, skin, and respiratory irritation, um, kidney damage, liver damage. I mean, the list goes on and on. Absolutely. And so, you know, when it comes down to it, we just, there's a lot of the stuff that we are putting our, you know, putting next to our face and our pillow <laughs> on a daily basis is not great. Um, we could go on and on talking about that in this podcast, but I think what we really need to understand um, from a consumer perspective is the choices that we have. And so, you know, first off, regardless of, you know, what type of, um, you know, brand or type of mattress that you're choosing, just try and do a little bit of research 
look and see what the mattress is made out of. And then when you start to, you know, further go down that rabbit hole and realize, you know what, I do want to invest in something that is made with things like organic cotton, um, you know, what, what, how should conscious consumers get started on this journey? Like, I know, first of all, I feel like they're going to have to understand that, um, you know, we're possibly going to be looking at a little bit more of an investment. So walk us through how you like to talk to folks um, when they're searching for a new mattress. Yeah, the biggest part, part, whether it's, you know, a crib mattress or an adult mattress or even a kid's mattress is looking for certifications. And that, again, extends beyond mattresses. Um, it can go to, you know, food products or pillows or what have you. And the reason why certifications are so important is, you know, we have a GOTS certification here at Naturopedic. It is the Global Organic Textile Standard. And why those certifications are so important is it, they actually put us through our paces to make sure that we're adhering to a very strict set of rules. And uh, we have a third-party certifier that comes in three times a year. They have to pull a mattress off of the shelf and we have to tell them what farm that cotton came from and what crop that cotton came from. And they track that from seed to the time that it gets to our plant that we are able to start making that into mattresses to make sure there was no uh, uh, nobody messed with it. But the time it got planted to the time it showed up here to start getting used. So that's, that's great. And I think yeah. I, it's, it's really exciting to hear about like goths in, in practice, because I feel like it's something I read on websites oftentimes when it, it can be <laughs> difficult to understand what it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. I said, there's a lot of, you know, uh, greenwashing. I'm sure that's, you know, a big crux of, of this podcast as well. That you guys have uh, assumed talked about as well is, is, you know, a lot of companies be it uh, well-intentioned or not, there is a lot of things like, eco foam, green foam, uh, soybean foam, all of those things mean absolutely nothing. Even like soybean foam, they take a couple of drops of soybean oil and put it in polyurethane foam. It is still polyurethane foam. So yeah. using, using those natural materials, those certified natural materials are certainly the way to go when it comes to all of your bedding and, man, and mattress needs. Absolutely. So when, when we're talking about some of these certifications, we mentioned GOTS and we mentioned, you know, just thinking more about like organic materials in general, let's talk about like cotton itself. Um, you know, like why is cotton um, or specifically organic cotton so, um, you know, I suppose comfy and soft, but also why is it just a good thing to, to use in a mattress? Well, for starters, uh, cotton in general, um, uh, which is conventional cotton is the dirtiest uh, uh, plant on the planet when it comes to production. Uh, it has more pesticides on it than anything else. Um, and those are all, you know, obviously going to end up in the clothing you wear, the mattress you sleep on, if those things aren't certified organic. Um, but it's also, you know, again, being a natural product, we can plant it again and again and again. It's a nice regenerative product. Uh, uh, material and it's also very comfortable. It holds up to the test of time. I've had a mattress now for going on seven years and it's just as good as the day I had it and probably just as good as any other traditional mattress on the market. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. That's awesome. And, you know, it's funny. We, you know, I think for a long time, probably due to the PR machine behind cotton, um, we all kind of have this, like, beautiful, like, white, tufted, clean cotton in our <laughs> in our minds when we think about it. But you're right. I mean, the way it's grown just, unfortunately, lends itself to being exposed to lots of stuff that we really just talked about earlier in terms of toxins. Um, so I think, you know, you know, as we consider, like, the blend of what goes into the, to the mattress, let's talk more about some of these um, materials. So, but maybe like rather than going on a list of materials, maybe you can like explain to the audience, like how does your mattress get created? Like what, what happens from start to finish? Yeah. So again, we, we bring all those materials in. They're very thoroughly inspected. Um, you know, for our adult beds, we use only uh, certified organic, certified organic wool, certified organic cotton, certified organic latex. That's not in all of our mattresses, but it is, um, you know, the main three materials that we use. We don't use anything um, non-organic. Okay. Uh, we use only got certified other materials for, you know, support like a, a inner spring. An inner spring obviously cannot be organic because it's it's metal, um, but it is uh, tested to make sure that there's no other harmful chemicals either leaching off of or off gassing in that particular uh, manner. Um, and then it really is a um, so I, like, you know, I extended that the offer for you to come see our factory. We'd love to have you here. It <laughs> is a very hands-on process. I mean, there are literally 30, um, Amish, uh, women out in the factory on sewing machines and, you know, every little minor detail there, things are being hand-sewn, hand-cut, uh, hand-produced all day long. And it's amazing to me what we're able to put out of this factory uh, by not using synthetic materials or big heavy machinery to create a beautiful product. And how long does it typically take for a mattress to be created in this type of environment? Start to finish, um, you know, we usually are around three to five days. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. No, there's a lot of care that goes into these mattresses um, by not using any glues or adhesives, which are a very easy manufacturing process for a lot of other mattresses that make cuts that time to like one one day or even two days. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of we use a thing called a, a hog ring, which is kind of like a round staple. Okay. Um, a lot of that is used on the interior of our mattress to hold everything together instead of okay. those glues or adhesives that also are harmful in their own ways, too. Interesting. Okay. So, I mean, Hey, I, I thought three to five days seemed pretty fast, but what do I know about making a mattress? I mean, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, you, you, you really, Nutribrito really has thought of everything. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, as we hear about more and more mattress companies, um, shifting over to more green materials, I think that's great for the industry as a whole. Um, but you're right. I, I would imagine there's a bunch of different components that go into it. Maybe not just like the filling, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, you know, other things that go into making any mattress. I mean, even the, the zippers we use, I mean, that's all steel as well. And, um, you know, there's just stuff that needs to, if we, any organic match, certified organic mattress on the market, it would, you'd have a big bag of mush if you didn't have all the other stuff in there. But, yep. you know, again, we have to make sure that these things are not harmful uh, in any way. So, yeah. 
Absolutely. So speaking about two other, um, you know, materials, because I think it was it's interesting, like, I mean, specifically wool and natural latex. So tell us a little bit more about like, you know, starting with wool. Like, I mean, it, again, when I think about that material, it seems very natural, of course. And I believe it's naturally flame resistant. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's one of those materials just like cotton has been used literally for thousands of years to, you know, insulate, to make things more comfortable. Um, it's great at temperature regulating, um, as well. And, uh, it just makes for a great, uh, mattress material. Yeah. And you know, it's funny too, thinking about wool as, t as a temperature regulator. Um, I think that's an important thing to talk about uh, when we think about like quality of sleep, um, making sure that, you know, when you're in bed, that you are maintaining a nice, like cool environment, right? Like sleeping super warm is not great for anybody's sleep. And I would imagine some people may not know that wool is temperature regulating. Um, as a matter of fact, I didn't really know that until I'm a big fan of Allbirds shoes. I've been a fan for a long time and those are made of wool. And I remember thinking to myself, well, are my feet going to get hot? Because the only wool that I had ever really had exposure to was like super thick winter outerwear, like scarves or like really thick coats. But truly, I mean, it, when done correctly, it is a really, really interesting material that does help um, your body regulate temperature. And so I would imagine like when you have something like a mattress um, and your, you know, your body heat's going into that, it's probably just very advantageous to be using material like that, correct? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's again, you know, something that uh, we used to do and I'm glad we're starting to do again uh, with the advent of all these cooling gels and, you know, with the memory foams and everything else, those things hold heat. So uh, it's kind of in the adverse effect of, uh, you know, having a good night's sleep is because if you're sleeping hot, you're tossing, you're turning, and that's where wool, again, a nice, uh, uh, healthy, natural material allows you to have that, uh, if you're, especially if a hot sleeper, allows you to have a nice, cool night's sleep. You sleep better. You're not waking up as much. You wake up a little more well-rested. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then finally, like, I, I thought it was worth mentioning latex um, because, you know, I think there's definitely a difference between natural latex and synthetic latex. Um, and I mean, most of us just think about like gloves at the doctor's office, which I can tell you aren't natural latex. So tell us a little bit about like what natural latex is and like how it um, goes into your mattresses. Yeah. So, you know, for those who aren't aware, I mean, uh, latex is literally made from a rubber tree. They, they yeah. tap these trees just like you would be trying to make maple syrup and it runs out of the tree and then they're able to cook that down. We put these in these molds and um, it puts it in the form that we need for mattresses. And uh, it's literally just as simple as that. There are no additives. There's no extra uh, thing to do other than taking that raw material cooking it into these uh, molds, and then it goes right into the mattress. So couldn't get any more natural than that. Right. And so, I mean, it's also important to keep in mind that some natural latex can still um, contain synthetic additives. So it is important to, you know, if, if this is something that's, um, you know, of, of concern to you to just make sure that there aren't a bunch of other additives going in. Um, so I think in general, we've kind of talked about like, you know, what, what we uh, want to see in mattresses. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, how all of these materials um, appear across your different lines of products. And I say this listeners, not because I want to just sound like I'm talking about a naturopedic catalog, but because I, I think it's really important to discuss price point. Um, because oftentimes, you know, some of these types of uh, products can be on the, on the price you're in, 
what companies like Naturepedic and others, um, you know, do have a variety of products available at different price points. So tell me a little bit more about how price point kind of informs perhaps the materials that go into the mattress and sort of maybe some of the work that Naturepedic's um, doing to try and make, um, you know, this type of product um, more affordable to, to more people. Yeah, uh, you know, we'll start with our, our crib mattresses. Um, yeah. You know, one thing that we don't put any of those in for, for you know, parents who are uninitiated is we don't use any wool or latex in any of our crib mattresses. Um, we're very proud of that fact. I know a lot of other, you know, organic mattress wool out there. Um, largely, it's not harmful, but about 6% of the population does have an, a latex allergy. Mm. Um, and you might know that being an adult, you've been around it, you've been yeah. exposed to it, you know, you're going to have an allergic reaction, but you're, you don't know if your baby's going to, and as you can imagine, it could be a fairly traumatic experience. They're going to have, you know, welts, there's going to be crying. It's going to be, you know, just better to avoid it. It's really, well, you might not even know that's what's happening either. Right. Like exactly. at that time, you're usually yeah. like, have your hands full trying to figure out what to do with this kid in general. So I would imagine <laughs> it becomes kind of a detective, uh, situation as well. So that, that is good to know. And would you say is this is, is wool the same way in terms of allergies? Of course, yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. not as um, uh, you know detrimental as maybe a latex allergy can be, but it's still something that's best to be avoided until you can find that out later on in your you know from your pediatrician. I mean, generally, if you have a latex or a wool allergy, there's generally a good chance your baby's going to have it, so it's uh -huh. always better to get them tested for that. Um, but you know, again, we'd much rather just take the guesswork out. And not have to, you know, put you or your baby in that particular situation. Yeah. Um, so again, that that keeps our price point down on uh, for baby because we use largely um, uh, a more organic cotton in those crib mattresses, and we with you know the exclusion of wool and, and uh, latex. Um, mm. And then we have the you know for our inner spring model, and then we have our lightweight model, which we use food grade polyethylene. Um, still, again, these are all certified organic products. This is just one of the, the materials that, um, uh, GOTS, is, GOTS allows us to use, but, um, it's the same, uh, food grade polyethylene that, um, pop bottles are made out of sandwich baggies, uh, stuff that you write, uh, wrap, uh, American cheese slices in. So, you know, we figured if it's good enough for food contact, it's safe enough for your baby to sleep on. Um, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years. We've made well over half a million crib mattresses and, uh, we're very big proponents on mattresses being crib mattresses, especially I, I have four kids. They are absolutely disgusting. Um, <laughs> I, I, they're all boys too. So it's even worse, but, um, uh, uh, you know, kids have accidents, they spit up, they, they wet through their diapers. Um, so our, our, our certified organic crib mattresses are waterproof. So mm. that allows, you know, for those uh, accidents, because you don't want to spend, you know, a decent amount of money for a crib mattress and then have to worry about mold growing inside of it. Um, so we've taken care of that. That's so that's awesome. why. Yeah. So if we had all those other uh, expensive materials in it, that's what keeps our cost down. Yeah. So um, and then same with our, our kids mattresses. Um, you know, we don't put any latex in our kids mattresses as well, because, again, could be where that child's four or five years old. You might not have been exposed to latex. We just choose not to you know, be the ones to expose your child. Well, you know, um, so we take that material out of there. So we use the organic cotton and then we start to use wool in some of our kids' beds, not our base model, but the little more expensive one. Okay. And then, and then once you get into the adult thing, um, it's, you know, we use, as you go up through the scale, there's more, um, our base model, our chorus model is a lot more coil, a little bit of wool, no latex. And then as you go up through the line, there's the addition of latex 
And then we get our customization with our EOS, which is, I, we're very proud of the design. We actually won a uh, good housekeeping's best sustainable mattress of 2021 award for very and 22. Cool. Um, I, I, I don't know if you guys have talked about mattresses on the show before, but 18.2 million mattresses end up in a landfill every year. Uh, yeah. it's a, it's a lot. Yeah. So, um, if you like plush on your side, your partner likes, um, uh, firm on theirs, the whole bed actually unzips it. You can get different firmness levels. Um, and then you can, you know, five years from now, if you're, it's getting a little uncomfortable, you can pull those layers out. We can give you a new one and you don't have to throw your whole bed away, thus saving a lot of mattresses from going in a landfill. Um, and then we get into our Halcyon line, which is our high-end line that uses like wool and cashmere and alpaca in the ticking, um, which are very, very soft, luxurious materials. And that's why it's so expensive. Yeah, absolutely. But I love the concept of almost like a refillable mattress. I think it's a genius idea because you're right. Um, it's I actually have always been shocked. At, and you, I'm sure you know this. What is the average lifespan of a mattress? Remind me again. Well, you should replace it every year, eight years. I won't get into exactly why, because it's pretty disgusting, but just do yeah. it every eight years for your own health. Yeah. But um, generally, I mean, we have a 25-year warranty on our mattresses. Generally, mattresses start to needing replaced after about 10 or 15 or so. Okay. So yeah, I mean, this makes sense. And it, so if you think about your life, like that's a lot of mattresses that you're going to have to be replacing. And so I like the idea of, you know, refilling as, as things, um, you know, start to get degrade a little bit. I think that makes a ton of sense. And so is that mattress that you're talking about like designed to be used for longer periods of time? It sounds like it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even the outside of the mattress can be replaced. So that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Okay, cool. Even, you know, you have a couple of kids or whatever, you know, accidents happen. Um, you know, the whole, you could just, you know, get a whole new encasement. You can keep the insides of the mattress. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is designed literally to last forever. That's awesome. Well, I mean, this has been fascinating and we, I think we have talked about mattresses a long time ago, but I think from my perspective, um, just understanding more about the, you know, the things that are, you're coming into contact every day on a daily basis when you go to sleep is fascinating. I think to kind of close out the episode, we wanted to share a few other tips um, for people who are looking to, you know, have better, more restful sleep and, and do it from a sustainable way. So one thing that we found that I thought was really interesting was um, we recently published a 2023 sustainability trends report at Brightly. And we found that quote unquote, green noise is on the rise. And I'm actually a white noise person. I've always used one of those little white noise makers. Um, just it's, it helps me go to sleep. I think I'm overly sensitive to noise. But, you know, recently, the concept of green noises is becoming more popular, which means it's it's just natural sounds. Um, and not only are these noises, you know, helping you relax, but they can also, you know, help you with those those sleep disruptions. So we thought that was kind of fun. Do you use any kind of a noise maker when you when you go to sleep? Um, when I travel, I do. I yeah. actually do the green noise thing. It makes it, you know, it's a little too quiet. Um, yes. When I'm home, uh, working here, plus four children, I just softly cry myself to sleep every night. <laughs> That's, that seems to work. So. I love that. That is so good. That's so good. Yeah, I... I actually don't. It's funny. I do the same thing when I travel and then um, we have like a, a filter in our room that kind of acts as that white noise. But yes, post post child, I can't really have anything on because I have to hear if she's going to go crazy or something like that. Um, and then the last thing we we found that, you know, I'm so guilty of and I, you probably do this, too. We all do it. Right. It's like try to stop scrolling before bed um, because, you know, this type of light disruption 
can really, really um, delay your REM sleep, um, specifically blue light. And I think, um, you know, there are different modes that you can set your phone into, et cetera. But I would think, I mean, sure, the science talks a lot about the, the light, you know, actual light impacting you, but come on, it's also got to be a stress inducer, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, especially if you're checking email yes. and everything else, you know, you never know that one thing is going to um, uh, set you off, and that's what you're thinking about trying to fall asleep, or your to-do list, or a, a myriad of other things. Yeah, absolutely. And I found too, um, you know, what we have a lot of contacts at Braley, you know, different places around the world, and so oftentimes, like, I'll send a note, and then they're not going to even see it until my nighttime. And yeah, it just like the second I see that notification, it just gets me like, oh god, you know, I just start thinking through it. So. Totally think that we should, you know, try to have a book before bed, like an actual book, not the Kindle app, because you can still see notifications. Um, and just, you know, making sure that we're evaluating our sleeping space, um, you know, sheets, every mattress, everything included. Um, so to really make sure that we're we're giving ourselves proper rest in today's day and age. Well, Aaron, um, it's just been awesome talking to you about, you know, what what Naturepedics doing and really thinking about that supply chain, super local with. Um, you know, with the Amish people, I find that to be fascinating. And I'll, you know, if possible, hey, I'll, I'll take you up on that tour one day. Um, but closing out the episode, we typically I like to ask our guests um, a very similar question, um, because I'm always curious to know about your your thoughts on it, which is, you know, from where you're sitting right now, um, most likely from your professional space, but you can also answer answer from a personal level, what is exciting you the most about what you're witnessing going on in the ethical and sustainable lifestyle movement right now? Well, you know, I, being a, you know, I, I equate most of what I do to being a parent. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's the easiest thing. So, you know, I, I'm just so excited that's happening, right? I mean, this wasn't a thing 20 years ago when we even got started or, or, you know, even 10 years ago to what it is now. There are so many companies that are either being held responsible for their bad behavior or making improvements as we go along. We under, Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. Yeah. You know, it's just those little baby steps that we can all take to get to you know, a better, brighter future where, you know, our lakes aren't polluted. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, uh, um, the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland caught on fire in 1969 from how polluted it was. Um, so, yeah. you know, we still can't commercial fish in Lake Erie at all. So, wow. you know, I'm glad that, again, we're not having these, we're not dumping things. We're not, you know, we're just doing better. And uh, as a parent, I'm, I, you know, everybody always wonders. Everybody's probably wondered from the test of time of what the world's going to be like for their their children. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, from the products we buy to the environment we live in, it's just really great to see companies and people in general just doing the right thing and doing the research. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, not to be too altruistic, but, you know, hopefully it's a nice, green, amazing space uh, 10, 20 years from now. And it's definitely heading in that direction. Yes, I hope so too. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Um, listeners, we will have show notes and more available at brightly.eco slash podcast. Um, and, you know, we, we're just so excited to continue the conversation. So thank you, Aaron. Yeah, no, very happy to be here. And um, maybe next time I'll have something else to talk about other than mattresses. But. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. joining us on another episode of Good Together. 
To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together, so have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.